This episode is dedicated to our sponsors over on Patreon. Thank you all. Hey, Gab, how are you? I'm doing good, Blab. <laughs> it has been a while. We haven't done this for a while. You and I haven't sat down and had this kind of a recording where we discuss the chapter in close to a month, I think. At least, yeah. But because of the way the internet works and schedules kept and etc., we're still right on schedule. So good. we are here today to talk about chapter six, which is called Hunted? Hunted. I think it's just Hunted. Yeah, just Hunted. I know because I looked at the table of contents that not next chapter, but the chapter after this is called Hunting. Ah, okay. See, I've uh-huh. done, I haven't looked at anything. I'm just... I didn't mean to, but you I'm know, it's so like when you see words like that, this. it's just really hard not to not to put two and two together, you know, or at least draw some conclusions. Um, I'm now yeah. like 100% sure I have not read this book. 100%. Like... I don't know why I thought I had read it. You Probably because s- it's been on my radar. So you think you haven't I, read it? Oh, I guarantee you I haven't read it okay. at this point. Because I think I just listened to our first episode, and I think you did yeah, say you read sure. it. Yeah, I was pretty sure. I was pretty sure. I was like 99% sure that I had read this entire trilogy, and now, you know, after second chapter, I was like, huh, that's not ringing any bells either. Nothing sounds and- familiar. Six chapters in, and I'm I'm pretty sure <laughs> I must have been thinking of something else. Not knowing anything, I'm still kind of curious where this is headed. I, I don't know the answer to that either, other than I hope that it has a happy ending, because it's, you know, never. Maybe it doesn't, though. Somebody was telling me today things that they had heard about the book, and I was like, I haven't looked anything up about it or anything at all. I'm just reading this. No spoilers. It wasn't a spoiler thing. It was like, it's... Some people have written like it's like a feminist icon book or something. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. There's like been one woman in this book so far. I don't think those two things. It was something about men warmongering or something like that. I was like, oh. Well, I suppose you can you can read it in any light that you like. Totally. If you can square peg round hole it, you can definitely like bend your ideas to support an argument. I don't think we've gotten to that point. How many books are there? Do I see in the series six? I mean, we're in the first book. Like, who knows? And also, who cares? Well, she probably did if she did it on purpose, right? If if Mrs. Le Guin had an agenda in mind, I haven't noticed it yet. Sometimes when I say who cares, it is just a stupid flippant comment that doesn't mean anything. I shouldn't say that because you're right. People do care. And obviously the author cares. Like, that's a silly statement. So, yeah. Well, she wrote a book. I don't know if she had an agenda. If she did, it's very well hidden or disguised. And if she didn't, well, that would make a lot of sense because, you know, you don't have to have an agenda to write stories. Right. Right. Or Sometimes to people read just stories. write stories. I think we, a lot of times people read things with an agenda. I think everybody and... now has an agenda. Yeah. And so there's a lot of this trying to lay claim to people from the past who are iconic and did important things and say they're one of us. Whereas in reality, maybe they weren't. Maybe they don't want to be part of your fancy little gang. Right. You know? And sometimes Maybe it doesn't even matter. just wanted to write stories. And sometimes it does. But anyway. I don't think it ever matters. But, um... Haven't you picked sides yet, Jill? There's a war going I on. I hate picking sides. I never pick sides. I'll tell you well, right now, I'm registered NP. No, <laughs> no party affiliation. <laughs> no That's party. not even a joke. 
that's also because NP. that's because Gab doesn't party, you guys. I, Gab no party. Yeah, kind of. I'm not a partier. I'm a solo partier, no. I guess. I yeah. like to party in small groups, not large groups. Puff puff give. But uh, I don't know. Whatever. This book is okay. about Ged. This book is about Sparrowhawk. Sparrowhawk. I shouldn't Ged. say his name. Don't say his name. <laughs> well, that, I mean, this is the first time. This chapter is the first time where we will see what happens when somebody says his name. All right. So, yeah. um, welcome to Sci-Fi and Fantasy Read Along. You are Gab. And you're Blab. I am Blab. Thank you very much. And um, as I've already mentioned, we're going to read. We're going to talk about Chapter Six today. Any reason why you see that we cannot begin? None. Sparrowhawk, five days gone to Pendor, returns to low Torning and is celebrated. So he already knows from the get-go that he wants to go back to Roke, that he wants to seek help, and he's like not in a huge hurry I feel to like go he back wants to, to Lotorning. go there because he, he thinks it's his safest place to at least figure out his next step. Because it's protected. Yeah, he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. He does not know what to do. It's the only I think thing that's... he can think of. Right. And I don't blame him whatsoever, Mm-mm. but then I have to wonder, like, why did he leave? Well, Except he left maybe, because like... the, uh, I can't remember his name right now, but the new head, the Archmage. Gensher? Told him he had to go, right? Well, I think he didn't tell him he had to go. He asked him if he would go, and he said, yeah, he would go. Sparrowhawk said, yes, he would go. And I think after he's been out of Roke, he might have gotten a taste of it and been like, oh, this is serious. I don't really like this being hunted thing. So he's like trying to get back to Roke to get some help, right? At least some information and not die. Help, information, and just safety. Just because of all the spells and everything. Hey, I don't blame him whatsoever. No. I would I would probably do the exact same thing. I would certainly seek aid. When you know nothing, you want to go to a comfortable space. Pardon me, mm. can you help me? Yeah, who would yeah. he ask for help? I mean, these fishermen, what are they going to do? They want They're not him gonna to do stay much. and hang out. Of course they do. They've, he just They've already I like created that one a of song. Them questioned him. They did. They they did. Oh yeah, but... and then the older villager was like, "Um, if a wizard said something, he said it. Leave it at that. You don't need to question it's a, him." It's kind of amazing. They're a very trusting group of people, but obviously, if a wizard breaks his word, they're not going to trust wizards anymore. But like, right. apparently, that hasn't happened because right. they're still pretty trusting. I have to. I'm going to assume that that old guy who shut down the younger villager. He's just maybe he's he just might be saying the, one of the <laughs> few people in the village who's had dealings with a wizard before. Maybe, sure. So he knows kind of what he's talking about. It's like if a wizard says what he says, just believe him and trust him. And whether it's because he actually believes wizards or to keep the peace, whatever. Like society must survive. I don't think it was whether or not they say the truth. They it was worded very interestingly. Let's just quote it, because I can't remember exactly. It was just a very interesting way of saying it. Be still, the head Isle man said roughly, for he knew, as did most of them, that a wizard may have subtle ways of telling the truth and may keep the truth to himself, but that if he says a thing, the thing is as he says, for that is his mastery. The head island man didn't even say that. Our our bard tells us that. The bard also tells us that once Sparrowhawk has told the story... And it's been questioned, and people start to rejoice. 
then villagers start to tell his story for him. And eventually yeah. they tell it better than he could tell it. Yeah, I liked that part. And that I'm wondering, funny. like, how long did it take for them to begin embellishing it? And then are we hearing a version of that story yes. in this book? Yes, I think so. So how many dragons were actually on Pendor? I don't know. Like two? Maybe one? just the one big one. Who knows? It's a silly question, but at the same time, like if they're already telling that they they took some old song and they attached it to his story and they started singing the song of Sparrowhawk. Song of Sparrowhawk. Very simple. Ding, 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 ding. Um, Game of Telephone starts immediately and it is embellished immediately. I, I would assume it was embellished, but maybe these people don't embellish. I don't know. Oh, don't come know. on. They don't. They're fishermen. Um villagers come on they're embellishing what? i don't mean that in a negative way but you're there's Given not a lot of entertainment they going are... on there's not a lot of entertainment right yeah but telling the story better doesn't mean you necessarily are embellishing it right no they're not just at all. telling it in a more exciting way or you know i mean okay think of sparrowhawk and how he was saying it and he has obviously he says it in very few words just enough to get the information <laughs> just across. like ogian so right. he's literally just probably reciting the same two lines over and over again to these villagers. It would make a good story, though, especially. Definitely. And I mean, if you think the dragons are coming and then, you you know, the wizard comes back and he's been gone for five days and he's like, the dragons are coming. And you're like, oh, my God, that's amazing. That's the best news I've ever had. Yeah. Let's celebrate. And they do. They celebrate. And he says that or our narrator tells us that that is like the best night he had in a long time and it will be for a while as well because yeah. he was surrounded by mirth and merrymaking and happiness and i don't remember which episode it was when i pointed out the cycles of the um, seasons like Le Guin is pointing out the cycles of the seasons for us and i forgot to mention it's it's in fall right now mm, that's heading right towards winter that's right. So, and the reason that i remember that it was fall is because there's this really they're having the celebration she says that they're singing his praise, swinging their torches in the gusty autumn night so that sparks rose thick and bright and brief upon the wind. That's how I realized it was autumn. Hmm. She does a good job. She really can put together an, an interesting sentence. You can really vividly picture that, too, however you picture yeah. it in your mind. You can just see that. Yeah. So after the celebration, he gets to go and see Petchvary again, and there's like some... There's an interaction between the two of them, and I, I look at it as just kind of like a closing of that circle. Yeah, I was actually surprised we even got Petchvary again. Yeah, I'm not really sure why it was there. It didn't feel bad, but at the same time, like, it did seem a little bit unnecessary. I think maybe it was put there to let us know that it made Sparrowhawk feel this a certain way. Like, maybe Petchvary... So Petchvary says, um, I did not know you were so mighty, my lord. I doubt he called him my lord when they were buddies. Right. Like, Ged had not saved a child, though he had slain dragons. So it's like, that could just be Ged's own, Sparrowhawk's own feelings about it and what he took from what he said. But those feelings were probably in there. Seems like it's reasonable. Yeah. Sounds a little bit like a recrimination. I, I don't hate Petchberry for it or anything or I don't really blame him I think it's, it's a natural reaction that you would have it's like sure it's also a reaction I expect a lot of people that don't know much about medicine feel when they go to the hospital sure. and their their loved one dies yeah. and they're like 
what is this science stuff yeah. that you guys have been touting for all these years? You didn't save my loved one. Yeah, exactly. Though Petrofer didn't say it like that, but um. No, but I mean, I think that's kind of the gist of it. And like, and as you said, closes that circle a little bit, even though. Well, okay, so like I started thinking about circles. I don't know particularly why, but you know, like I have visual imagination sometimes, and like it seems like his story is kind of like on this big arc, which might be a circle. And every time he encounters somebody, there's the opportunity to go in a circle. And like she's pretty artful in her storytelling, as I have said in the past. And I have a feeling, like it seemed to me that their relationship, Petchfairy's relationship with Sparrowhawk, was kind of this natural thing it felt really organic and like it would really happen or could really happen mm -hmm. and i think that the reaction that he has to seeing this wizard return and then realizing that like oh well he's super powerful but he wasn't powerful enough to save my kid mm -hmm. you know i can see that also is a, a very real ending to their relationship mm -hmm. and not even necessarily like a bad one like if Sparrowhawk no. came, I'm sure Petrofairy would welcome him into his house. It didn't seem like animosity. It feels more real. Like, oh, yeah. those feelings are going to be there, so that relationship is forever changed, no matter what. Brevity is, is definitely her talent, right? Mm -hmm. So she states that pretty quickly, and then the very next day, he packs up his books and his staff, and he gets a boat ride from some local low-torning fisher folk who want the honor of bearing him off. And so he's he's on his way to Surd, which is this. That's another thing I did. Is like I, I looked at the map a lot. Oh, I forgot to look at the map during actually. the reading, and like, you know, you can kind of pinpoint all the places. He, I don't think it's super super important, mm -hmm. right? It just doesn't much matter. He's traveling, and he's traveling through the ninety aisles with these people in a rowboat, and they're going past like all these. She like takes every opportunity to build her world with small little statements, small little descriptions, really, really nicely done. But, you know, this boat ride, for example, is just one of the ways that she does it. He travels from Lotorning to Surd, where he's used to catch a boat to Roke. Mm -hmm. And in that passage, you, you find out about the houses that are built out over the water. Yes, yes. You know, Very the way cool. that they, they yell to each other yeah. and tell the stories like, oh, the dragon's not coming. They just yell from boat to boat and like word passes that way. And it's amazing. But it's just, it's tiny details that she's adding as we travel to the town of Surd, where he gets deposited and then starts looking for a boat. Yeah, that kind of felt like you could be on some sort of like water ride. All these little characters, An parts of the park. Caribbean or something. Yeah. Yeah. And this guy's oh. just rowing him around. Look yeah. who's in our boat, y'all. Yeah. Check it out. It's Sparrowhawk. <laughs> yeah, that's Sparrowhawk. I know. <laughs> and all the villagers. Uh, and, yeah, it'd be great. But yeah, yeah I was totally cool. imagining what those houses look like. Or And it was, a it was a trip that took a couple of days. A couple days and one paragraph. Or <laughs> a couple paragraphs. Yeah, no, it is super quick. But it, it actually added to the world, which was really, really nice. Like It added mm -hmm. to my... My vision of the world, which I always appreciate visual details. All right. So in Surd, it's really easy for him to get passage on a ship. You know, he doesn't have to pay. He just says who he is. And they're like, absolutely be an honor, sir. We'll take my boat and we're going to go to Roke. Yeah. To, to have a wizard on board. I mean, and well, they know who he is, too. He's Sparrowhawk. You know, it's like his fame has preceded him. And absolutely, they'll take him. Very, very happy to do so. But immediately on the boat, like the wind is pushing against them. Like from from all directions. From the minute they try to sail to Roke, they're they're screwed. <laughs> thwarted, essentially. 
Yeah, thwarted. That's a better word than screwed. I say immediately because literally it's just like paragraph, next paragraph. Ged tries to do some wizardry, which works for a short time. Even though he's keeping it up, it's not being kept up. Well, he's actively being thwarted by Roke Wind, which is a protection from the island of Roke to keep evil away. Mm Mm-hmm. And because it's keeping him away, I think he's fairly well certain that, like, he's putting their lives in danger. Right. Well, that's, he says as much. The decision is made to turn this boat around. Yeah. And uh, let's just go back to Surd and y'all can go about your the business. The guy thinks it's ridiculous, which is funny. He's a, you know, he's at the height of his career. He's a master sailor and he's a great boat. And, like, he, he, he can tack back and forth and he can go upwind. But this particular storm won't let him. The guy's like, what has that to do with you, a dragon tamer? It's like, that is between Mm -hmm. me and my shadow. So, safely back at Surd, Ged takes residence up in in the sea house. It's kind of like a public building where people, travelers and merchants are like able to stay. And and he's like contemplating his future once again because he knows he can't get to Roke. Obviously, his shadow is super close. Because the wind is preventing him from getting to rope. Yeah, he was on so. high alert the whole time. He's basically in a, what, a common room The shadow situation. could be in there. It could be in the same could room be. as him. It could ah. be the blanket he's laying on. No, I don't so know. he's super paranoid. Like, he's having, not delusions. I, w- I would say he's having a lot of paranoia. Is right? it paranoia, he knows though? he's being hunted. If it's real, is it paranoia? Nah. You know how, like, when you're, yeah, I think it is. Uh, okay. You know how so when you're worried, uh-huh. your worry causes you to stress out and freak out and it doesn't do you any good, right? I don't think he's at that point. I think he's getting there. Maybe, but I don't think it's described that way ne- now. I mean, okay, well, let me I ask think you he's how reasonably he... on alert. Wouldn't you, think you it's be? reasonable? Well, how, do, how does he make his decision to leave? To leave what? that Where he is right now or leave? Yeah, how does he make his next few decisions? Um, He's going to to take the next boat out of the out of the harbor, whatever it is and wherever it's going. He's taking that boat and he's he he does. He goes and he's like, what's the next boat leaving? And they're like that one. He's like, I'm taking that boat. And they're like, get on. And it's going to have nor which is north. And do you remember that Genshur, the archmage, said that something in the north wanted to kill him? Mm hmm. So he's not thinking clearly or thinking straight. He is not making his decisions based on thought. I don't think he has a lot of good information. <laughs> That's for sure. He's relying on chance. Like, he's just kind of rolling the dice and letting chance decide where he goes and what he does. I guess. That's not an ideal place to be in, in my opinion. I don't know. What do I do with all of my money? Oh, let's roll some dice. Sometimes not everything can be planned. Like, sometimes things are just left to chance. <sighs> he doesn't know what to do. You're right. He is in a state, and this is what happened. Me personally, took him. I think that he made the correct decision to try to get to Roke. And when he was rebuffed there, I, in his shoes, would have looked for another ally. However, I think he's worried that he's bringing danger with him wherever he goes, which is why he left Lotorning yes, in the first place, definitely. right? He doesn't want to endanger other people. Yes. Yes. So his response is to just kind of like to let. Keep running. To continue to run, but to let chance decide the direction. Mm-hmm. And I think at some point he even has kind of like a fanciful thought that maybe I can outrun this thing and it'll lose me on the water, something to that effect. Hmm. And obviously that's not going to happen. This thing's super, super close and he knows it's close. Right. And I don't think it 
travels by normal means either. Oh no, I don't either. No, he had, he admitted it was a it was a fantasy. But I don't blame him for having that fantasy either. That would be nice. Always good to dream. He's not doing a lot of dreaming because he's so he's distraught, he's as it were. Yeah. Okay, so he's off to Havnor. Sparrowhawk has continued to run. He's taken this boat and he is on his way to Havnor. He ends up in the town of Orami. He says it's a, an old town. It's built heavily of stone and brick. And it's protected and defended from the lords of the interior of Hosk mm-hmm. <laughs> Island. <laughs> it seems like a like a fortified port town sort of place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they're used to people raiding and, and trying to steal their stuff. And they're like, nope, mm-hmm. don't even. Well, it is here in this town of Orami, wandering around, just kind of having dark thoughts. His head is full of dark thoughts. He runs across a stranger. Where are you bound, Lord Wizard? Just out of nowhere from behind. He says, what follows behind me? And yeah. he said, so, but I am not your shadow. So it's like he knows his shadow, a shadow's chasing him or his shadow's chasing him. I'm wondering if it's just like a metaphor that's commonplace. Because like, what's the closest thing to you? Generally, it's your shadow or your past. So I'm wondering if it's not like that, like that kind of a metaphor. But this man seems to kind of take it literally. The story that he had heard matches up with Sparrowhawk's story really, really accurately. Remind me. I heard a tale once of a young man, a scarred man, who won through darkness to great dominion, even to kingship. I do not know if that is your tale, but I will tell you this. Go to the court of the Terranon. If you need a sword to fight shadows with, a staff of you wood will not serve your need. That was pretty specific. Yeah, it was. Any of the agents of this evil shadow could be driving him to you know it could exactly. be it could be for good it could be for evil he doesn't know it's just like you know how we were talking about he doesn't have enough information and like you said it was so specific it was really specific yeah he looked at this guy and he knew that he wasn't a gebeth he knew that he wasn't being controlled by the shadow by the end of their conversation but like he also knows that the shadow can influence and even control evil men and he asked this man a strange question too he said what man are you and I think that question is asking him what he does for a living mm-hmm. based on how he was answered, but also like, I'm a journeyman, I'm a fisherman, I'm a, you know, this or that. I'm wondering if that's what that meant. And the way Ged describes him or is described looks almost of a sick man or a prisoner or a slave. I'm wondering if that's him being like his, his vision is painted by how he feels. It's also possible that this man is an agent, you know, intended to get him to Oskill. Remember, he's being driven to the north, which is where that thing is waiting for him. Considering what happens at the end of this chapter, do you think he's an agent? I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm definitely torn, and I think that it's perfectly handled, you know, the fact that I can't look back on it now and say yes, definitely, or no, definitely not. Because, you know, I have to read chapter seven and eight and nine and ten. Well, let me ask and you even this. then I might not know. Like, have we encountered anything to make us think that this man is positive in any way to get to Sparrowhawk? Uh, no, but the same is true for the negative, right? There's I no feel real like indication we've, we've, that... uh, we've seen some evidence of evil doings and things happening and... We have, but let's ask this question again when we meet the next guy. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. Skior or whatever his name is. 
well, he's obviously you. not to be trusted, but yeah, 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 I know. But like, you can kind of you can kind of balance that question that you just asked, having met Skior versus this man in gray. I feel like Sparrowhawk is having a hard time seeing clearly at this point, okay. and like everything that he's encountered, like he said that everybody in this village looked kind of blank faced and like it was his own mind that was painting him he kind of felt it felt oppressive to him with the the stone walls and the yeah buildings and and then like he doesn't trust himself when he sees skior's face change like he kind of veers and he he doesn't trust that we're not there yet blab i understand that but so like even he doesn't i think you're right i think you make a good point there i think he himself is uh in a state where he can't even tell I don't think he's being rational. Per se, yeah. And I don't. I think he's pretty. Uh, well, he's being driven onward, as yep. it were. He he goes he goes to Oscar. She said that really nicely as well. She said that like, Ged went in sudden decision, mm. and haste along the key to the fisherman and was folding his nets. Blah blah blah. Anyway, so he chooses the boat that he's going to get on. He chooses his his direction based on what this guy has just told him. Not knowing if it's for good or for ill, but basically just being tired of the of running, right? He's and like, and not go. having a destination. It's like, well, I guess I'll just and no pick answers. A He's still trusting to chance. He goes to get on this boat, which he describes as grim and low in the water and like a snake, mm-hmm. like all these things where you're just kind of like, ah, oh, it doesn't sound good, uh-huh. right? This whole thing. And sounds then they ominous. won't take his money. They're like, you have to pay. And he doesn't have any money. He's like, I'll row. And his wizardry does nothing because the person, the captain does better wind magic than he does. Well, I'm a wind mage myself, actually. Yeah. So he has to row his way to Oskil. And <laughs> row he does. Ten days. And interesting makeup, too. It was kind of half slaves and bondsmen and half workers slash free people that are people who just want to maybe row their getting way paid not... or maybe not getting paid but aren't slaves uh yeah. so there's a, a different dynamic on this boat than his first boat he was on was that the very several first boat? boats yeah i mean several i mean boats. chapters ago like when he went to row sh- on shadow yeah exactly shadow you You're know right. in hindsight Correct. that trip was great right it was called shadow but it ended well and there was a lot of camaraderie and like this is the exact opposite yeah hold on a second there's this really beautiful quote that she has there will not be much friendliness in a crew of whom some are whipped and others are not exactly so he keeps to himself on this trip 10 days but like when his like they take turns rowing like half of them row and then they you know the other half take a break and etc well when his half is having dinner one day this guy makes the comment that, like, why don't you have a knife? Are you afraid of fighting? And this is Skior. And Skior, he saw Skior's face go woo-woo-woo, and he kind of freaked out for a minute, but then he convinced himself that it was nothing, but he decided right. to keep his distance from this guy. And then he starts dreaming about him, and, like, to me, that's alarm bells. Yeah, big time. Big time. Big time. Um, but he just avoids the guy for the rest of the journey. And when they get off the boat in Oskil, he's on the wharf or whatever in Nesham. And he asks one of the people getting off the boat with him, is like, hey, I'm trying to go to this place called the Court of the Terranon. Do you know where this is? And the guy's like, no, I don't have time for this. I don't know where it is. Goodbye. But Skior's there. Skior's overheard this conversation. He's like, oh, yeah, it's out in the moors. That's the road I'm going on. 
So they travel together. Yeah. Man, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have gone with the guy. I would have at least gotten a hotel for the night. The or... whole thing is uncomfortable. I mean, nobody has the time of day, but this guy whose face changed and you're already having weird dreams about him and you're chasing out trying to outrun a shadow. Yeah, let's go out to the moors together. What? Why? Oh, well, he does it. I know. He but does it. Like, he's why? And it's like this treeless expanse of hills. It starts to snow and the trail just gets smaller and smaller and smaller until they do, he can't even tell that they're on a trail anymore. And he asks, like, how much further? You know, where, where it's going to be dark soon. He's just like, not far. Not far. Not far. And I mean, like, as the sun's about to go down, he asks them again, you know, like, come on, are we going to that place that I think I might have saw off in the distance? You know, because it's about to be nighttime. And he's like, not far. And he keeps going. I don't understand this, really. I don't understand Sparrowhawk here. He's not trusting his instincts. He's not thinking straight. But it also feels like story convenience. Do you think it's possible that in the proximity to the shadow, it said somewhere in there that his senses and his intuition had been dulled? Okay. down okay and i'm wondering if it's just proximity to the shadow that has caused him to kind of like all of the alarm bells that would normally be going off don't go off and it's not actually until the otak stirs mm-hmm. he's been hiding and won't eat and like all this time he's just been hiding in his pocket and when the otak stirs that's when ged's mind stirs again and he realizes hey, wait a minute, I'm out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. with this guy whose face I have seen change Hey, buddy, where are we going? It was like he was in a dream on this walk, kind of like he was being kind of hypnotized. That's how it was described anyway. I feel like there's been some kind of outward force at work on him mm-hmm. in order for him to be having made so many strange decisions. And like, you know, he was relying on chance to do something that I wouldn't rely on chance to do. It seemed like another hand was guiding him, not chance, but the dark right. hand. Not his own. No, the gentleman in gray said something interesting when they met in Havnor, in Orami. The gentleman said, it is not by chance that we have met. And uh, to me, I was like, holy smokes. Because, you know, it's completely by chance that they met. But this guy's like, no, 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 no. We were meant to meet. So I do think he's being guided. I don't think that that guy was a bad guy. I think that his guidance was good, but I think the shadow is just un. Well, I guess we'll find out. It. I was just going to ask: Do you think he'll find the weapon he needs at this place? That oh, he's definitely, going to go to? <laughs> definitely. Okay, so let's get to the end. This really is quick, so we're like a D and D game, really. Like he has to like upgrade his weapon. Like he does need to upgrade his weapon. He needs to level well, up big he time. He can keep. He just can't use that on the. Show. I mean, I'd keep that use staff for sure. Um, well, he doesn't keep it. Okay, so he okay, encounters yeah. go this Gebeth. This Skior has become a faceless beast. And he has, as soon as Sparrowhawk realizes that he's in the company of the Shadow, the Shadow says his name, Ged. Yeah. And, it- and he, can't, he can't use magic. He can't transform. He can't fly away. He's just there with it. And so he starts to, like, defend himself with the use staff because this thing is trying to reach out and grab him just like it did on Rope Knoll. Yeah, and devour and him and with that staff. suck his soul. Yeah, forever. Like, it's the end if that thing gets a hold of him. Yeah. And his staff burns. His staff catches fire and he drops it and he runs. It was the only thing he could do. I mean, his, it, was yeah. that, it was the smartest thing for him to do. 
That and run. Because I he mean, actually outran it. Well, it can't catch up. Yeah, it runs at the same speed as him, yeah. which leads me to believe also that like what you said earlier about shadows is really true. You know, yeah. the thing can't overtake him because it is him kind right. of a deal. Right. I get that feeling about it. But it's it's dogged in its pursuit. It will not let him go. And by the end of the chapter, Sparrowhawk is running insensate, has no concept of where he's going, what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. He's out of energy. He's dying on his feet. He can't see anything. It's been snowing. And then there in front of him, the light that he thought he saw, it's a gateway and a doorway, and he collapses through it. Right. Right as the shadows, like, kind of, like, grabbing at his cloak or whatever. Claws. 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 So importantly, as he was falling, he was caught. It doesn't seem like the gibbeth got him or the shadow or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And he's out cold, like he's done. And that's the end of the chapter. Right. Someone said, come, come. Or at least that's what he heard. You know, almost like the chance thing worked out. I'm not sure. It seems like it might have. It seems like it might have worked. Well, was the shadow just leading him in this direction and if so okay so the chapter is called hunted uh-huh. and at some point he said or the narrator said that he had realized that he had been being driven north right he'd been driven mm-hmm. wherever he was going mm-hmm. and because gensher the archmage had said that something in the north is waiting for you yeah i do think that the shadow is driving him north and it may be that you know, the helping hand is also driving him north because the help is in the north, too. Right. That's a That's lot my of, hope. Yeah. That's my hope. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't and, like, know this, is the, this is the worst kind of cliffhanger, in my opinion, because I, I just... Uh, I didn't look at the next page. I would never not read the next chapter immediately. Do you know what I mean? Gonna, in this I'm case... I'm going to turn like, the page just to see what the chapter's called. Okay. What's it called? What's it called? The Hawk's Flight. Okay, well, he's Sparrowhawk, so right. I assume he gets away. Sure. Well, I kind of Somehow assume he, he got away. away at the end of this chapter, but we don't know what he got away to. There's, It's so hard to speculate on specific things in this book. Like, oh, me asking, yeah, like, absolutely. what will the, like, if I, what do you think this weapon will be? Like, we have no idea what this weapon, if it even would be considered a weapon, will be. Well, um, the gray, the man in gray said it was a sword. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. He said go. there was a sword. There, like, go to the court of Teneron. No, Terranon. And, you know, they they can get you a sword or something like that. I wonder if they did swordsmanship on Roke. Couldn't tell you. Hmm. Couldn't tell you. You may have to but take some more lessons. He no longer has a staff. So it's just him and the Otak and his books at this point. What unless does that he mean for his, his books, magic? I assume he can get another staff. I assume so, too. Wait, was that the was that the staff he got from Roke, or the, that was the staff he got from his witch uh, aunt? I right? think it was his staff. Was that his witch aunt's I, staff? Remember no, when he on. left she originally? Gave him a, she gave yeah, him... Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was oh, you. No, it was just I'll like look. a crude kind of like walking stick staff thing, I think. She right? enchanted it? No, she did. It was an enchanted something, but it wasn't this you staff. The you staff was what he got from like for graduating or whatever. Yes, I believe, I believe so. that's correct. Yeah, that was his yeah. upgrade from the enchanted stick. So now he doesn't have his used staff. Now he's got to uh-huh. get his enchanted sword or something. 
He's got to find some way to fight the shadow, which is what the the information that was revealed by the man in gray. Is he going to have to kill himself? I seriously doubt it. (laughs) What a message would that be to children? Well, well, then he becomes like resurrected because obviously we know his he has many. We should not fill the heads of children with gobbledygook. (laughs) Why? It's just a story. Whatever. It's not real. I don't think that's a real good message. Do you think wizards exist? Do I think wizards exist? No, I don't. Okay. No. Well, but their existence or non-existence does not um, does not encourage children to do stupid things. To kill right? themselves so that they can be resurrected as like a greater yeah. wizard. I wouldn't count on that being, being possible. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I wouldn't count on that. I really wouldn't. Ugh. So there was, um, there was a moment in this chapter when... I bounced back to Steven Erickson, mm-hmm. and that was when he decided he was going to rely on chance. I was like, "Oh yeah, all in." Is that with the twins? I don't. I didn't read along with you guys. The deities of chance were. Oh. I can't remember their name right now. Opon. But they're twins. Yeah, there's a male and a female. They have an artifact. It's this coin. On one side, it's his picture. On the other side, it's her picture. Sure. It's a double-headed coin. The game is rigged, as it were. So I was like, "Ooh, bad choice, buddy. Bad choice. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go with them. <laughs> I would not trust them, as far as I could throw them. And I probably couldn't pick them up. Nothing good's no. ever come out of chance, ever. No, absolutely. I am a huge fan of randomness in all sorts of things, like in life as well. It's like you know, you can travel that way when there's not a lot at stake. It doesn't really matter, mm-hmm. right? You can be like." Oh, well, we could go to the beach or we could go to whatever. Yeah. You know? How do you decide? It's like, I don't know, flip a coin and see how you feel. Yeah, you whatever know? your mood is. You can have a great experience doing it that way. But when it comes to like actually choosing your future, you'd be smart to get as much information as you can mm-hmm. to like actually help you make good decisions because man, you can really mess up and and you know, IRL, you can mess up big time. You know, you can end up in jail just because of the dum-dums you hang out with. Did I tell you about that? What was it? I can't remember what state it was in, but there was a librarian who was killed. And it was a mess. The whole interaction was just a mess. She was run over on purpose by some kids that were fleeing the scene after beating up her son in his own house. In her house, right? She confronted them. And she was run over. And the two girls that were with the two boys who had done the beating up, they're being charged with murder. That's, right? yeah, conspiracy to murder. Yeah, you're, they were They there. weren't hanging out with the murderer until that day. And that right. day, that kid decided to run that woman over. And now those two girls are accomplices, essentially. So that's the kind of, like, you, how are you supposed to know? super easy to make a mistake like that you're right and they could have you know run away and called the police immediately i don't know i think there but for the grace of god go i that's what i think there was this case i saw or heard um this old guy like kept getting burgled or whatever and he set up this whole contraption so that when these kids burgled him again like you know he'd f him up and um he did I can't remember all the details, but like a couple of them died, I think. And wow. the upshot is the other two that were like with the group that were also part of the burglary crew 
that didn't yeah. die are the ones being charged with murder because it's like whoa well because it's conspiracy and part of a burglary like they don't f around with that stuff it's like had I they guess. not all been part of that they wouldn't have died it doesn't sound like there's much of an it doesn't sound like much of an upshot well no one likes a home invader yeah all right i'm gonna go through my notes what little noting i took yeah talk to me because i yeah i have none i feel like we discussed the heck out of what was there it was a really good chapter though i really enjoyed it um i wonder where ogian is he thought of ogian in this chapter i wonder if it's that was that was part of his fantasy when he was like maybe i can go and see ogian maybe i can outrun this thing and it'll it'll lose me like he had so those maybe this together. is Ogian that he's maybe come I think across. he was having a fantasy of like not having a problem right he was like just well but he about... outran the shadow did he not he ran the shadow he knew that that thing was going to become a shadow even if he didn't pay attention to that did he outrun could it, it have been a premonition I do think he well for the time being he out he outran he it. could wake up dead except for there's five more chapters four more chapters exactly. And we already know he has, I don't know, I find it hard to believe this would be his only book of tales. <laughs> the fact that there's already a tale of Sparrowhawk or whatever. Actually, that could be his most famous thing, and that's it. You think? We all know who he is because of the song of Sparrow. Wait, let me go to the very beginning now again. I don't think that was the one. I don't I think, think it was so the, either. The tale of Ged or something. Deed of Ged. So we have that still. We do still have that. One of the things that I really, really like about this chapter in particular is the uh, like the illumination that we're getting about the rules that govern the shadow. Like what? Well, how it can summon people. It can just by its proximity to him, it's gaining in strength. And at some point, it's going to have the strength where it can just possess an evil person, take them over and drive them. Can't it? I would think it could already do that. We didn't know this. Like this is like this is us being told that this that is one of the happen. things that sure. it can do. It can possess a, a body, a person, an evil person. It could also Think possess a good person, which would nope. also why not? It was very specific. It said that it could take control of evil people. Hmm. It's like they've made the choice to be evil. So like okay. maybe by being good, you actually are defended from evil, hmm. right? Okay. Because if you're an evil person like the Skior guy, yeah. you know, who was like, why don't you have a knife? Are you a oath breaker? You know, are you afraid uh -huh. of a fight? He's open you know, he's to the darkness, kind of a, so to speak. He's kind of a piece of, you know what? Yeah. It seemed like it just from the few words that he said. Well, it turns out he was evil. Was that the shadow kind of talking or was that him talking? I don't think it was the shadow talking. I think that that Didn't was his face around the time. at that point? It was around that time when his face changed. So maybe that's yeah. when the shadow came in. Something like that, because when the shadow speaks, it has a hard time speaking. It sounds different than the man did. Mm -hmm. It sounds like a beast. That's why and it so only that's says, how, like, not far. Like, few right. words. The yeah. shadow is dissolving the mind and the body and the will of this person. And mm -hmm. eventually there's nothing left, which is why when he opened his hood up or pulled back his hood, there was no face. There's just mostly shadow there was some other stuff too interesting details about the shadow is invisible to sunlight i'm just imagining what that means i guess you just can't see it means that light doesn't illuminate it which is weird it's invisible so but like you could only have a shadow with light well i think they're talking about its body like it comes from a realm of shadow a lightless realm 
So, so to be invisible in light to me is weird, but that's I mean, fine. just it's just what it said. I know, right? I'm just it's invisible to sunlight. And I, I mean, these are all new pieces of information. These are new details, mm-hmm. stuff that we didn't know, and like it's building a more and more terrifying world. In fact, uh, there was another Sabriel moment that I had in there. Do you remember when Sabriel crossed the wall and she encountered the mordicant? for the first time mm-hmm. and it chased her mm-hmm. and chased her and chased her and eventually she got to a door and she closed the door and oh, yeah 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 that's what this made me feel like this was like sparrowhawk encountering the shadow the gibbeth for the you know second or third time and now it's really after him and like we really know it's dangerous and like if it gets him he's gonna die gibbeth also makes me think of kibbeth the other bell right i know there are things there are things also before i forget this because i keep wanting to say this um good can't be just a total shield from it because i mean like or what are we saying from possession from possession yeah because why is it i mean is get evil like what I think it's just super easy, probably, to I think it's go his into the shadow. non-good people. I, uh, yes, I think that as well. I, we don't have proof of it I don't know. Yet, I but like I still say it could probably possess a quote-unquote good person. I'm going to go with the no, right it circumstance. I'm going to go with no, it can't. Hmm, um, okay. Because, like, it makes sense. Like, if you choose the life of, if you choose a life of evil, or if you were just an evil person where you don't really care about what other people think and feel. I feel like you are more open to the power of a more evil creature. Whereas if you're good, your will would, would what fight. If, what if, what if you're in a situation where your will is diminished? What if you're like sick or unconscious or something like that? Could the shadow get know. in that way? I don't know. This isn't twin peaks. Thank God. <laughs> Two different opinions. We may find out. We may not. I think the rules are as they have been laid out by the authoress. <laughs> and we could get more rules. You never know. I love rules. I love lore. Also, love it's it. not really a rule. It's just what has happened so far. It was what is what was said. It's what the bard is telling us. Right. The, the bard, the voice, whatever, said that evil people on the path could be used by this thing. And I think that's kind of appropriate, you know? One of the players in our group is a cleric, and he summons creatures. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about it one day, and I was like, he summons evil creatures all the time, but he's a good cleric. Uh And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, It makes no sense. If you're summoning evil creatures, that's an evil act. Mm -hmm. And then I read the spell, and sure enough, like summoning an evil creature is an evil act. It's it's stated in the book. I could have told you that. Well, I think it's similar, though. Like, I think that this is an evil creature who can only use other evil creatures. Or I think in right? D&D, it, like, it makes your character evil over time, right? Like, if you're playing that way. They like... don't really. You have. The DM has to do that kind of stuff. Well, I'm you know just saying I mean? you could totally do that. You just punch, start punishing. I him. would just take away his power. You summon an evil creature. Like, I warn you. You do it again. I warn you again. You do it a third time. I take away your power. Maybe even take away the power the second time. Because there are good creatures that you can summon, right? Sure. Now, conversely... Or just neutral. The alternate is very, very possible. Like, an evil creature should be able to summon good creatures to do evil. Because that's an evil act, right? Sure. So, maybe an evil creature can possess a good person to do evil because that is an evil act. Mm -hmm. Right? So, that's, that's how I would play devil's advocate to my stance. 
Yeah, they would be doing it against their will, whereas maybe yeah. an evil person would also be doing it against their will, but... It does not, kind of not erode as and dissolve the person. Yeah. And, like, it, for a minute, I wanted to feel bad for this guy, you know, because he's been possessed yeah. and, like, blah, blah, you know? Yeah, he, just, he, was he consumed seemed like fuel. from the beginning, so I didn't really care. He did. He did. <laughs> he seemed he like did. fodder, so I was cool with it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad he's dead. <laughs> I hate to hate to say it, but, you know, he seemed like a villain. He I acted like a villain. They, not that it matters. I uh, did they describe him as a bondsman, or he must have been because the, the slaves stayed on the ship. The free people he left, was so he dismissed. Yeah, he so yeah, he was those. he was just a you know working employed or whatever. I wonder to go if he there. had a family, children who he's trying to. Yeah, pr- he certainly provide he certainly for. could have. He certainly could They're have. Left that doesn't wind. make him a good guy. No, no, and that family might be better off without him. Could be. She can. So shack up with the other dude who's been eyeing her down the street or something or who she's been or whatever uh any more notes i th- i feel like no, we i don't covered think so all. yeah i feel like we probably missed some pretty important stuff you think but so? you know we've I been on know. we've been on the bench for a month you know like haven't been thinking about this book and like i'm ready to get back into it but at the same time like i'm a little rusty we may have rusty. but again i i kind of it was a pretty straightforward chapter all right well let's wind it down so this episode will be, hold on, when's our next step? Let me think real quick. And this will be hmm. June 18th that this one comes out. So we'll be back for the June 27th episode, which will be chapter seven, which is titled what now? The Hawk's Flight. And flight, of course, means escape as well as flying. Of course, but we also know that he can turn into things and fly too. That's right. So Could have a double to, meaning. And this, of course, was a huge, huge cliffhanger of an episode. So, like, I'm actually going to go and read it right now <laughs> just because I need to know. I need to know what happened to Sparrowhawk because I'm actually kind of getting to like the guy. I don't really love him or hate him. He's a wizard. He's starting to become a person that I really like. Whereas in the beginning, he was kind of like a snotty kid that was a little bit of a bully. Well, now I don't see any of those traits or qualities anymore. And I feel like he's going to come out the other he side. He hasn't of had a this. chance to do anything. Like he's literally been just running from this thing. I think he could have handled low torning much worse than he did. You're right. He made friends there. We just didn't get into all he the He could details. have stayed there until the shadow showed up and killed them. Yeah. Some of them. Probably it possessed taken over a some bunch of those. Of them. Yeah. Yep. He could have, you know, just run away. He could have handled that much worse than he did. Definitely. So Yeah, it was a heroic action to go and not just run, but deal with his business and then run. A little bit of honor, a little bit of dignity, yeah. and yes, doing the right thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm going to go and read the chapter. We'll be back in nine days. We'll see you on the 27th of June. Bye, everyone. Bye, Gab. Bye, Blab.